The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining me on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. For those of you that listen to us regularly, all three of you, <laughs> Josh's mother and my mother. <laughs> um, Josh is not with me today. Uh, for very good reason, Josh's wife last weekend had uh, a baby boy, uh, Matthias Finelli. Matthias was about three and a half weeks early, so it was a bit stressful, or I was stressed out about it. Uh, Josh doesn't stress out about anything, but um, everybody is happy and healthy uh, in the Finelli household, and so they are just getting adjusted. I think the biggest adjustment uh, is probably coming with Josh's three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, Grayson, who... Uh, is quite the precocious little tyke, and uh, he is probably going to have some getting used to having a baby brother. So uh, we are certainly happy to have a new addition to the Northwest Quadrant family uh, and Matthias. So we uh, wish Josh and Colleen, his, Josh's wife, and Grace and his son a congratulations. So all of you that listen to Josh and know Josh, uh, he will be back next week, and you can wish him a congratulations then. So if you want to be part of the show, uh, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Uh, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were down a little over 2% last week. Uh, so, you know, we, we had a little bit of a reprieve over the last two weeks and a half, two and a half weeks. And then last week we had a sell off. International developed market, market stocks were down a little uh, under 2% last week. Same with the emerging markets. They were down under a little bit, a bit under 2%. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks had a, had a rough week. They were down about 2.5%. Uh, last week, where, where we saw a big move was in the interest rate complex in the bond market. Uh, we saw um, we saw yields go lower, uh, which meant the bond, prices of bonds went higher. So the yield on the 10-year Treasury note uh, fell to 2.88%, which, which means 10-year Treasury bonds rose in price. And if you own bonds or bond funds, you saw that reflected in their price. Uh, the aggregate bond index, which is sort of the S&P 500, of the bond world was up 1.22%. Uh, it is having it had the worst start first half of the year uh, it has ever had. Uh, so that's quite interesting, um, and you know we're not we're certainly not bullish in the bond market. It's funny to me that there's lots of talking heads coming on all uh, the different financial channels talking about how bonds are looking attractive, and uh, I, I guess they live in some weird vacuum. But you know it, it, they're relatively attractive compared to where they were, uh, you know, um, six months ago. But they're still in the history of time, really unattractive, especially if inflation sticks around, especially if interest rates continue to trade higher. Bonds are going to be, especially intermediate and long bonds, are going to be an, an absolute disaster from a price standpoint. So I wouldn't let the relatively higher yields attract you into the bond market. Uh, gold traded down 2% at 1808 an ounce, and oil uh, was up 1% at $108 a barrel. I saw OPEC Plus came out last Thursday and talked about how they were going to increase production uh, by about 648,000 barrels uh, starting in, in, eight, in August. Uh, but really, unfortunately, that's not going to have a huge impact on the lack of supply globally for the, for the black gold. 
Uh, so on on uh, Thursday we got more inflation data. Uh, we got this the so-called uh, personal consumption expenditures price index, the PEE PCE, which is the Federal Reserve's favorite inflation measure. Uh, that rose six point three percent year over year, which was the same uh, increase as we saw in April, but a little bit lower than the six point six percent increase we saw in March. Uh, the funny thing is the index uh, strips out food and energy uh, because the Fed says that those prices are too volatile. But every single one of you listening to me right now has either eaten or will eat today and has used some form of energy. So I don't – you obviously have to factor in the price of food and energy and the inflation numbers uh, because they are the most impactful to us every day. But, of course, uh, when you're talking about the U.S. government and they don't want to have to give big increases on Social Security, they try to strip out the most impactful things to inflation. Uh, uh, it's obviously started to impact consumer spending. We saw uh, consumer spending decline by four-tenths of a percent in the month. Uh, and we also saw that incomes actually rose quite a bit. They were up a half a percent last year or last month. Uh, but the problem is if you look at incomes in the month of May, after inflation on a year-over-year basis, incomes declined three and a half percent because of the inflation situation. So uh, you might you might – uh, have been getting raises and be happy about getting raises. But unfortunately for all of you that have gotten raises, uh, inflation has more than consumed those raises. So uh, as much as your income has gone up, inflation has gone up more, thereby your purchasing power is still declining. Um, one of the interesting things that came out of the news last week is if you look at inflation throughout history, especially in the 70s, in the 70s, the government tried to do things. The Nixon administration tried to institute wage and price controls to deal with inflation, which made the problem worse. Uh, last week, the state of California announced that they're going to send uh, checks in the mail uh, to, to low-income people. Uh, throughout the state to try to combat the inflation uh, problem. So let me get this straight, state of California. You are going to deal with inflation by sending more money out into the system, thereby creating more demand, thereby making the inflation problem worse. So governments, get the point. Anytime the government tries to intervene in a free market capitalistic society, they create distortions and they make problems worse. And that's been true throughout history and that continues to be true now. Uh, the, the reason we have this inflation problem is simple math that we all learned in first grade. The, the U.S. economy shrank in the second quarter of 2020 after COVID by $900 billion, which is a big number, but it's not the end of the world. The government's response, the Trump and Biden administration's response to that $900 billion hole was to fill it with $7 trillion with a T. So they increased the money supply in a 12-month period by 40%. So if you add a lot, 40% more money to the system, that's going to be inflationary. So it's really simple math. All this other stuff that everybody's talking about is it, it's nothing. All that matters is how much money uh, they pumped into the system. That's it. Yes, the war in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine matters. The price of oil matters. The price of oil, all that stuff matters. The, the supply chain problems coming out of China matter, but not nearly as much as as replacing a nine hundred billion decline with seven trillion dollars. That's it. That's the summation of all of it. We all learned the math when we were very young. Uh, the other market that is starting to show some signs of a slowdown nationally, maybe not here in Central Oregon, but nationally, is the housing market. And I think we should expect that to continue uh, with interest rates on mortgages higher. Uh, you know, if you on a $400,000 house in January, uh, the payment with interest on a 30-year mortgage was about 1400 bucks a month. That same payment now is 1950 So $550 more a month. Uh, or over seven thousand dollars a year uh, more on that on that house is going to impact house prices. House prices sort of trade like bonds. Interest rates, uh, house prices and interest rates are, move inversely, and as interest rates move higher, it makes housing less affordable. Uh, and I, I don't, we don't expect a decline like we saw after the financial crisis hit. Uh, but house prices at least have to moderate from here, um, and you know, and, and certainly in some markets, there you should expect a decline. Uh, so, you know, the, the reality is the Fed's going to still have to deal with the inflation problem. The labor market continues to be strong. So the Fed sort of has the deck cleared to continue to try to fight inflation by selling bonds in the market every single month. Remember that whole deal. Uh, and also by raising the Fed funds rate. Most likely they're going to put us in a recession if we're not already in one. But re remember, the alternative is 70s style 
uh, stagflation where we see very low growth and inflation. That's a much worse environment than having a relatively benign recession. I know I sound crazy for rooting for a recession, but that's what I'd rather have rather than stagflation. Yes, people are going to lose their jobs, but we'll be better off as a country moving forward. All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117. You can send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about why doing boring things in the bear market is beautiful. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. California lawmakers have introduced a bill that will require gun owners to carry liability insurance for the specific use of weapons. Elites in government, most of whom are protected by men and women with guns, want to make it more expensive for people to own guns who don't have senator or congressman or some other fancy title. Listen to The Lars Larson Show, weekdays at noon, only on FM 100.1 and News Talk 1110 KVND. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. The education assistance I received made it possible for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped get me to the first day at my dream job, a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job, plus the other benefits possible from the Army National Guard, helped me become a first-time homeowner. Also, part of my role as a National Guard soldier means I know that I can be one of the first to respond and help my community if disaster ever strikes. I'm extremely proud that I get to serve my community. And that first step I took by joining the Army National Guard has made all the difference in my life. Talk to your local recruiter or visit nationalguard.com to find out what firsts are available to you in the Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Oregon Army National Guard. Aired by the Oregon Association of Broadcasters and this station. Sun River Owners Association presents Turf Tunes, a free concert and variety show series every Sunday from 3 till 6 p.m. now through July 17th at Sharks John Gray Amphitheater in Sun River. Turf Tunes is fun for the whole family and supported by SROA, Sun River Brewing Company, Best Best, and Krieger Attorneys at Law, Sun River Chamber of Commerce, Coastal Farm and Ranch, and this station. Visit sunrivershark.com for more info. That's sunrivershark.com. Want to kill bugs like the pros do? Now you can with Maggie's Farm. Created by pest control professionals, Maggie's Farm plant and mineral-based products provide amazingly effective insect control. Ants, roaches, spiders, flies, mosquitoes, you name it, we kill it. All of our plant-based products are safe to use around children and pets and won't leave behind a messy, oily residue like some other products. Maggie's Farm. Lethal to bugs. Easy on the planet. Look for Maggie's Farm at your favorite retail store or at maggiesfarmproducts.com. We tried Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, and after a couple of weeks, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and there was a lot less scratching and shedding. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on our social networks, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen to past shows, get our daily market blog, and keep up to date on market happenings. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back. If you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your financial plan, your estate plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game to get uh, sign up for one of those uh, free retirement reviews. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, that is call our office. That number is 800 seven four three zero nine eight eight or you can send us an email which is what most people do uh, by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com and just click on the contact us and send us an email so last week i did an e-newsletter we uh have a uh an e-newsletter that video that josh and i do in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the markets really what we do is we try to sort of Talk, figure out what all our clients are talking to us about. And if there's a common theme, that's what we talk about on the e-newsletter. Um, you know, and when markets get volatile, historically, there's a, always a collection of clients and people out there that think that uh, that trying to time the market, that you can sort of sidestep downturns and, and it should be very easy, meaning we'll, we'll get out and then when the markets get better, in air quotes, we'll get back in. Well, uh the problem with that strategy is because markets are forward-looking, by the time things are better in the economy, markets are usually traded up 80 or 90 or even 100%. So if you go back to the financial crisis, uh, the market bottomed in March of 2009. The recession didn't end until the September of 2009. So if you waited for the recession to end, most of the returns uh, in that snapback had already happened. Um, and so what I did is, uh, I got this data from Putnam Investments, but it's uh, it's, it's publicly available. As I looked at the S&P 500 uh, going back 15 years, so from December of 2006 to December of 2021, that's a 15-year period, and that includes the financial crisis, mind you. If you stayed fully invested in the S&P 500 over that 15-year period, you're, you achieved a 10.66% annualized total return. So 10.66% per year for 15 years. 10,000 bucks would have grown to 45,000. Really good. If you just missed 10 days, the 10 best trading days in that 15 year period, your return gets cut in more than in half. It goes to 5.05%. So huge, huge difference. And it's only 10 trading days. Uh, if you miss the 20 best trading days in that 15-year period, your return goes to 1.5%. And if you miss only 30 of the best trading days over a 15-year period, your return goes negative, negative 1.18% per year. So I titled the e-newsletter that we did, uh, Time in the Market, Not trying to time the market. And so that illustrates what I just described to you. That data illustrates why it's so important to stay in the market, not trying to get get the timing of getting in and out of the market uh, right, because uh, it, it is really hard to do because you have to make two decisions correctly, right? You have to be know when to get in and then you have to know when uh, or get out and then you need to know when to be able to get back in. And I don't know anybody on the planet that's smart enough. You might get lucky and get one of those right. Chances of you getting both of them right are very uh, slim. Okay, this comes from the Federal Reserve. The top 1% of American households own 54% of stocks in the United States at the end of last year, whether through uh, direct ownership or pooled funds like mutual funds and ETFs. So only the top 1% own more than half of all the stock in the U.S. That's why those people are rich and continue to get richer. Uh, and here's the, the second half of that. The bottom 50% of American households own just 0.6% of stocks in the United States, uh, either through mutual funds or direct ownership. So that's why there is a huge wealth disparity in this country. Uh, you know, owning stocks has been a great unleasher of wealth. I mean, you look at the wealthiest people in the world, it's come from a big percentage of ownership of their company in the stock market. And uh, the bottom half owns very, very, very little in the way of stocks. Okay, let's talk about uh, when we're in a, a market decline, uh, why boring is beautiful. What do I, what do I mean by that? Um, well, over the last, let's say, six years, owning high-growth, exciting technology stocks uh, meant your portfolio was supercharged and the performance was really good because we had emergency monetary policy with zero interest rate environment uh, and companies we're going to earn money 10, 15, 20 years out in the future. Uh, in the meantime, they were going to burn through tons of cash, but but the market didn't care because the companies were growing at astronomical levels uh, and they had exciting technologies. And so money was pouring into these tech stocks, uh, 
whether through retail investors or professional investors. Uh, and what got left by the wayside, the boring old, what we used to consider blue chip uh, companies, you know, the Caterpillars, the, the, uh, the, Cummins Diesel, the, you know, Costco, all these boring old line businesses that generated, quite frankly, lots of cash, had great balance sheets. Those stocks got left by the wayside. We, we would consider those blue chip or we consider those value names. And so those are boring businesses. But guess what ends up doing really well in a bear market? Boring businesses that generate cash flow and earn their cost of capital. So if you think about Boring. Boring is very beautiful. If you go back uh, to the last uh, correction in the market that were s- similar to the one we're seeing right now, which is the late 90s through the through the early 2000s, you know, same thing was happening. Lots of exciting technology, dot com, everything. Uh, money was pouring into those names. All those value stocks got left by the wayside. But then the correction starts in March of of 20 of 2000. Uh, the the S and P loses 52, 53 percent from 2000 through 2002. The Nasdaq goes down over 80 percent over that period. But what happens to the value indexes? They hold up really, really well because people realize, wait, these stocks uh, are really cheap. And so I want to look at that period and it probably would relate a lot to what's going on right now. So the Russell 1000 index is a sort of a, a really good, it's the 1000 biggest names. They have a Russell 1000 growth, 1000 value from March 10th of 2000 through August 1st of 2002, which is that bear market that I'm talking about. The Russell growth in 1000 growth index, which is large cat stocks was down 30%. The Russell 1000 value index was down only 2%. Uh, so a 28% outperformance by value over growth in that period. Uh, Mid-cap, same thing. Mid-cap, Russell mid-cap growth index uh, was down uh, 33%. The Russell value index, mid-cap value index was down 6%. Huge outperformance. But here's where a dramatic outperformance came, and we believe this is going to happen this time. The Russell 2000, which is small cap stocks. We talk a lot about small caps on this. The Russell 2000 growth index over that period, that bear market in, in the early 2000s, was down 34%. The Russell 2000 small cap value index up 8.5%. Talk about outperformance. So why does it matter? Well, you need in, in when interest rates are rising and companies ha- have to earn their cost of capital, uh, you need to own those businesses. You need to own businesses that generate cash, lots of cash, have good balance sheet, can weather a recession. And all these businesses that were so dependent on the capital markets and being able to raise more money through issuing to stock, all that's going away. If we do have a recession, depending on how deep it is, you don't want that stuff in your portfolio. So there's a lot of people that are still holding on to this stuff, and it is garbage. Some of this stuff is zeros. The, the Kathy Wood arc of the world, she is going away. There's lots of managers that did exactly Exactly what she did in, in that period, and you don't know their names anymore. You're not going to know Kathy Wood's name 10 years from now, other than maybe uh, to, as a story of how bad a money manager she was. All right, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, we do one in the middle and end of every month. I just did one last week. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like and uh, uh, be added to the e-newsletter list. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your email questions, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Washington Trust Bank. Can't is a four-letter word. I think I'll sell my veggies at the market. You can't even remember to water the house plants. Hey, we need to build a home office. We can. We're adding another bathroom. I think I'll study programming. Bro, 
You can't even connect your phone to Bluetooth. Whether you're looking for a personal line of credit to build a home office or a loan to take your business to the next level, we'll help you get there. Go to watrust.com to get started. Washington Trust Bank, member FDIC. Ramp up for the sunny days ahead with the summer sale going on now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Whether your summer plans include camping, fishing, mending fences, or simply tending to your chores, Coastal has you covered. Get premium men's work tees, two for $25 from Noble Outfitters. Plus save $15 on men's and ladies' Romeos. Buy two, get one free on bag soils, amendments, mulches, and rock. Free bag of equal or lesser value, limited to stock on hand. Save big in-store or online at CoastalCountry.com with in-store or curbside pickups or have everything shipped to your home during the summer sale. It's going on right now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. Hello, Central Oregon. This is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. Welcome to the unusual as usual as we celebrate bringing back no fee ticket sales to all Parallel 44 shows when you pay cash at Cosmic. Check out all of Parallel 44's awesome musical offerings at eventbrite.parallel44 and plan to bop on by Cosmic Depot to pay less and connect more over live music. At Cosmic, we agree to keep your shopping experience all tuned up and ready to enjoy as new merchandise comes in every day. Stop on in for a wander or on a mission for Incense, Sage, and now Parallel 44 tickets for an upcoming show. Check out the huge display of rose quartz and spy the new toys in-house for Cosmic Kids ages 0 to 100 and stay on the silly side of life. The Cosmic Depot is open daily, 10 to 7 at 342 Northeast Clay and Bend. 14 years ago, a group of educators sat around my kitchen table talking about the learning experiences we wanted for our children. The result of that conversation was the creation of a new approach to education, one that serves over 900 students each year in grades 6 through 12 throughout Central Oregon. Hi, I'm John Bullock, Executive Director of Redmond Proficiency Academy, and I'm here to share why RPA might be a good fit for your family. At RPA, education as unique as you are is not just our motto, it's our mission. RPA has been revolutionizing education since our founding. Using our proficiency-based model, college-style scheduling, and our RPA Anywhere program, RPA provides the flexibility and freedom for our students to design and own their education. With the addition of free transportation from CET and the ability to play sports in their home district, students find RPA to be the best combination of education and lifestyle for a great experience. Limited openings are still available. To begin the journey to your new future, visit rpacademy.org. That's rpacademy.org. Education as unique as you are. It is amazing to me on such a truncated period of time the Democrats have succeeded in devouring the FBI, U.S. Attorney's offices, the Department of Justice to advance the cause of the Democrat Party. It is appalling to me. Never confuse local law enforcement with what's going on in Washington, D.C. Because what's going on in Washington, D.C. is really quite treacherous and brave. Mark Levin, weekdays at 3, only on FM News 100 at 1110 KBMD. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show where you get straightforward financial advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows by going to financialfocusradio.com or download our smartphone app today. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining me. My name is Tyler Simonis. Uh, and if you're all of you Josh Groupies, if you're wondering where Mr. Finelli is, uh, he, well, he didn't, his wife had a baby last weekend. So, uh, Josh is spending some time with his newest addition to the family, but he, the baby was a few weeks early. So all, all that he wants to do, his name is Matthias. All that he wants to do is eat and sleep, which is kind of all that I want to do, but, um, I'm not a baby, even though my wife calls me one. So, uh, all right. This comes from, this data comes from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Every one percentage point increase in mortgage rates reduces property sales by 10%. 
The average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage was 4.81% on 623 of 2022, up from 4.42% just three months earlier. Uh, it actually dropped a little bit this week um, to 5.7%, uh, but still, uh, obviously, in January, you could get uh, money at 3%, and it's essentially double since then, which is crazy, which certainly will have an impact uh, on the housing market. Uh, it certainly had an impact if you look at, you know, the the they had uh, the Wells Fargo got, CEO doesn't give interviews, but he was on a on a forum uh, last week, and he he was being questioned uh, a bunch of bank execs, and their their refi activity has essentially gone away. I mean, and that's true for all banks because obviously anybody that was gonna going to have refinance uh, most likely already has uh, because it, you know if you had a loan at over six percent, a mortgage over six percent. And you didn't refi, uh, there probably was a real good reason, so you probably can't now. Um, this is pretty interesting to, to give some perspective on the, the market decline that we've seen uh, so far in 2022, which, by the way, uh, the first half of 2022 was the worst start to a year since 1970. So, it, you know, it's been a long time since we've had a start to a year this bad. Uh, another similar start to a year that was this bad was 1962. But in both of those cases, the second half of the year was quite good. I, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you that that's going to be true this year. Uh, but, you know, it, a lot of you feel like, boy, this was a bad start to a year. Uh, you're right. It's been 50 years since it's been this bad of a start to a year. Uh, but I, I kind of wanted to put it in perspective. Uh, so far, the stock market through six thirteen of this year has lost nine trillion in market cap. So if you take if you think about the declines in the stock prices, that's been nine trillion in market cap lost in the U.S. stock market. Uh, but from twenty seventeen through uh, January third of this year, which was when the market peaked, the market added twenty six trillion in market cap. So yes, it's been painful uh, to see that market cap er erased, but was the twenty six uh, trillion in market cap that we gained over that five year period was that realistic? Probably not. So this is sort of maybe getting us back more in line. Uh, remember, markets had gotten had three years of high digit, high double digit returns, um, which is abnormal. And so a correction from those highs, especially with interest rates moving higher, obviously makes a lot of sense. All right, let's tackle some email questions. We got an email from Vern G. Vern has emailed, emailed us before. He says, uh, you have mentioned mid caps and small caps. Do you favor one over the other? So we like them both, Vern. That's a, that's a good question. We don't, I mean, there's no reason you need to own one over the other. We like bo them both. Uh, they just uh, obviously serve different roles. And, um, and so all of our portfolios that we build for clients have small cap and they have mid cap. Uh, in my case, I, I have a, a larger exposure to small cap stocks in my portfolio in general for my kids, myself, my wife, uh, because I know if you go back and you look at the outperformance of small cap over my investing lifetime, there is some alpha there over the S&P 500. Uh, and so, but it, that also comes with more volatility, which I am also comfortable with. And so that's why I tilt mine to small cap. Uh, that, mid cap is sort of, uh, especially for people that are retired or near retirement, you get sort of the, the best of both worlds. So you get sort of the maturity of a business uh, like large cap stocks, um, and the, and less volatility, but you, those mid cap names because they're usually uh, 16 billion to three billion in size, uh, they're going to be growing faster. And so, um, but their balance sheets are a little better shape, and so there's less volatility in the mid cap space than the small cap space. But mid cap ha has traditionally over time beaten large cap. Uh, so you know, as you go up in size, generally uh, the 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 volatility is less. Uh, but the performance goes down. The smaller uh, the, the market cap, generally, the, the more outperformance, but there's more volatility. And so, uh, Vern, we think that building, when you build a portfolio, that you should include both. Uh, and we certainly do at Northwest Quadrant. Um, and then the next thing to consider when you're adding uh, both small cap and mid cap is to consider, do you want core or do you want value or do you want growth uh, or do you want a combination uh, of them? Because uh, that's another sort of the next level of asset allocation that we think about uh, with our company. Okay, we got an email to say who this is from. It says, my wife has an IRA and a 401k account from her prior employer. 
We are, uh, sorry, yeah, 401k with her prior. We are wondering if the following withdrawal strategy would work for us as she reaches required minimum distribution age. Can we calculate the required minimum withdrawals from both and simply take the grand total out of one account, one account for example, the IRA? Uh, so what this person is talking about is uh, his wife has reached 72, which means she has to take start taking money out of her uh, retirement accounts. They're called required minimum distributions. The government uh, gave you the tax benefit on the front end. They let that money grow tax deferred, but now they want to start to tax that money. So they make you take it out when you hit 72. Um, and so what this gentleman is asking is can uh, he just calculate you know the the two accounts say let's say it's a million bucks uh, 500,000 in the IRA 500,000 in the 401k uh and let's say it's 3.67 can he just take the 3.67% out of the IRA uh and that uh, of the total million dollars in that account unfortunately in this case you cannot do that uh, and the reason you can't do that is the rules are different for IRAs and 401ks if you had five IRAs of different values you could add up all the IRAs and, and do exactly what you're talking about. So if you had five different IRAs, you could say, okay, these five IRAs total a million bucks. Uh, my my RMD is $36,700. I'm going to take that whole $36,700 out of one IRA and leave the rest intact. That's true if it's just the IRA. But the 401k rules dictate that you have to take the uh, RMD separately from the 401k also. And if you don't do it, they will penalize you uh, uh, 50% um, of the amount you were supposed to withdraw. So the penalty for not taking an RMD is very stiff, 50%, which is the stiffest penalty out there on these kind of things. Um, and so by you simply trying to just do some you know, simple paperwork to simplify things, uh, it will cost you a bunch. And so the IRA RMD rules and the 401k RMD rules are different, a way to to uh, solve that problem is if you just consolidated the 401k into an IRA, and then you just have one IRA to deal with the RMD. Now, if you do that, because you had a 401k this year, you still have to make sure you take your RMD from the 401k, uh, but next year you could just take it all from that IRA. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, and it's, it's, you know, we talk a lot about on the show about consolidating accounts. That's another reason uh, to consolidate that. Uh, and real quick, Jack T. and Ben says, I'm now at the stage of life where I need to take money from my IRA, which means RMD. If I give up money to charity, do I have to pay taxes on it? Uh, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. If you give money directly from your IRA custodian to the charity's uh, custodian, qualified charitable distribution, that's called. Uh, you don't have to pay taxes on it. It's very important that the charity is, in fact, a real charity, meaning a 501c3 charity as recognized by the IRS, uh, and then you will not have to pay taxes on that. So you can ask your custodian how to do it. You can say, I want to do a qualified charitable distribution or your advisor, QCD for short, uh, and they can help you uh, do that. All right, if you want to take us up on a free retirement review anywhere you can hear me, uh, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, uh, either on the phone or in our office or via Zoom. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that free retirement review scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. When we come back, it's the shame of the week, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
Discount Fireworks Superstore is giving away thousands of dollars in free fireworks tonight. Free fireworks for every child from 7 to 9 p.m. And you can enter to win a 60-second shopping spree. That's right. Every child gets free fireworks from 7 to 9. And you can enter to win a 60-second shopping spree. You don't want to miss the fun for the whole family. Free fireworks plus enter to win a 60-second shopping spree. Log on to DFSfireworks.com or text DISCOUNT to 59769. Sizzling 4th of July savings right now at Wilson's of Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend. Hi, it's the Count of Bonacristi. Wilson's has worked with our manufacturers to provide exceptional values. Hot prices on great brands like Flex Steel, England, Southern Motion, and handcrafted Amish furniture from Country Classic Collections. Get an instant $100 rebate for every $1,000 you spend on stressless sofas and recliners. Red-hot prices on cool, handmade luxury mattresses from Heirloom, Cluft and & Marshall, and Instant Comfort, the number bed that changes with you. And summer savings on England, Sutherland, and Serta Arctic mattresses. Plus, savings of up to 75% in Wilson's Bargain Center, way at the back of the store there. Save yourself up to 75%. Plus, special 0% financing and free delivery is available. See the store for all the details. Shop sizzling 4th of July savings now at Wilson's of Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend. They've been keeping it local for 60 years. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Looking for your own place without breaking the bank? Your search is over. Wild Horse Mesa in Prideville offers your choice of two- and three-bedroom affordable apartments. This brand-new community boasts high-end finishes, air conditioning, washers and dryers, and a private patio or deck. Meet new neighbors in your Central Oregon Oasis at the pool, fitness center, or club room. Wild Horse Mesa has every comfort of home in a brand-new package. Google Wild Horse Mesa for details. Professionally managed by Norris & Stevens. For joining Financial Focus Radio Show, the truth in wealth building. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short uh, five or six minute video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets, especially as it relates to our clients' money and what we might be doing or not doing about it. Uh, so if you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, uh, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. A little box will pop up, and you can just say, uh, you know, add me to your e-newsletter list, and that's the only thing that we'll send you. So oftentimes in client appointments uh, or on the phone or in the office, I, I get asked to uh, dust off my uh, crystal ball, uh, which, you know, my crystal ball is as good as my little Labrador or Labradoodle. Uh, you know, my guess is as good as his. But uh, so people ask me anyway. Uh, and, they, you know, I, and my deal when I answer a question about markets or economies, it, it what I do is I just sort of say, okay, this is what has happened in the past. Because as Mark Twain famously said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And that's certainly very true. So a very good uh guide 
uh, about the future can can be history. And so uh, especially as it relates to markets. And so people ask us all the time, you know, to get out a crystal ball and tell tell them what we think is going to happen. And so what I just sort of say is, OK, let's look at past corrections, look at how many there were, the frequency, uh, how bad they were, the severity of them, all that stuff. And that can sort of give us a guide to what this one uh could possibly be like. So a correction, a correction is measured uh, by a stock market decline of between 10 and 20%. That's a correction. Um, in the 75 years from 1946 to this year, the S&P 500 has, 30, has had 30 corrections of between 10 and 20%. These corrections have occurred on average of two and a half years. So a correction happens relatively frequently every two and a half years. A bear market is measured by a market decline of 20% or more, which uh, we are currently in. Um, in the 75 calendar years from 1946 through June of this year, the stock market has had 12 uh, bear markets of at least 20% or one in every 6.33 years. So a bear market every six, three years is relatively common. Uh, and they, But for some reason, the fact that they happen every six years is a surprise to everybody when they happen. Uh, but they happen with relative uh, – six years is relative frequency. Um, the average bear market uh, since 1950 has lasted on average 15 months. The average decline uh, has been 34%. So if that's true, uh, we aren't quite halfway through to get to average. We'd need to have another sort of uh, month or so. Or not even, sorry. Yeah, yeah, month and a half. Uh, so in the middle of August, that would be seven and a half months that this bar market has persisted. So we'd be halfway to the average. Uh, but, you know, the, at the bottom, the market had gotten towards down 24%. Uh, so, you know, two thirds of the, av the decline has already happened if we were to get to averages. So that's all we can do is sort of look at, you know, obviously in the Great Depression, the market went down more. The financial crisis, the market went down more. But, you know, when we look at what's going on in the economy, doesn't you know all signs aren't pointing toward that similar kind of correction okay real quick before we talk about our shame of the week uh, I, I want to read this because people need to remember about how to think about returns in the market the most important investing question is not what are the highest returns I can earn the most important investment question is what are the best returns I can sustain for the longest period of time compounding is just returns to the power of time Time is the exponent that does all of the heavy lifting for you, and the common denominator of almost all big fortunes isn't return, it's endurance and longevity. Excellent returns for a few years are not nearly as powerful as pretty good returns for a long time, and few things can beat average returns sustained for a very long time. Look at Warren Buffett. The big... That's the biggest but most obvious secret in investing. Average returns for an above average period of time leads to magic. I think we're seeing the flip side of obviously that recently. So many investors over the last five years have gone out of their way to maximize annual returns, squeezing out every potential penny uh, and every opportunity they could find. The highest risk investments awful, often were fueled with leverage. They did this because opportunities were everywhere. Everything seemed to go up. Every asset month after month. It felt great, and it always does. Um, it's, it's counterintuitive, but you will likely maximize investment gains over your lifetime if you go out of your way not to maximize annual returns. Instead, focus on merely good returns that you can sustain for as long as possible. Carl Richards once made the point, and he's right about this, that a house might be the best investment most people ever make. It's not that housing provides great returns because it does not. It's not even the leverage on housing. It's that people are more likely to buy a house and sit on it without interruption for years or decades more than any other asset. It's the one asset people give compounding a fighting chance to work. The stock market has trounced real estate over time, trounced it from a performance perspective. But most people don't achieve those great returns that the stock market delivers because they cannot stay invested in the market. Most people think housing and real estate is such a great investment because you are forced to save every month when you're paying off your mortgage and you stay in that house. You allow compounding to work in your favor. The other good news in housing is you don't get a stock quote on it every single day like you do in the stock market. Um, but remember, average returns for an above average period of time produces magic. Remind your kids and your grandkids and yourself of that uh, because a lot of those young kids, 
people my age and younger were trying to hit home runs with crypto and meme stocks and all that stuff. And that is just asking for trouble. And when they experience the, the declines, it keeps them away from investing for decades. And we don't want that. That's something I don't want. Okay. Shame of the week. Uh, this week is, of course, all of those snake oil salesmen out in the in the industry that call themselves financial advisors are using this market volatility because they're weak and they don't want to work hard and they don't want to do the right thing to sell their clients and prospective clients variable annuities and index annuities. And their excuse is, well, it'll keep them in the market, blah, blah, blah. Do the right thing, everybody. Educate your clients on what they need to be doing, and that is not to pay you a big commission and pay really ridiculously high fees so their chances of success go down even more. All these financial advisors that are taking this opportunity of market volatility to sell people that are scared annuities, index annuities, variable annuities, shame on you. So that's why it's the shame of the week. Uh, annuity. So Limro, which is a, uh, an insurance industry group, uh, they look at annuity sales across all the different kinds of annuities. Uh, this year, annuity sales are projected to eclipse the all-time high set in 2008. What was happening in 2008? Tons of market volatility. Advisors use that as a – and I say advisors loosely. Salespeople use that as an opportunity to, to, to pounce on people's fear and sell them annuities. People are fleeing the volatility of the stock market thinking they're getting something great. Limra, an industry group, forecast annuity sales of $270 billion to $290 billion, which would eclipse the all-time record set of $265 billion in 2008. Uh, consumers are buying the sales pitch. Uh, that this is going to insulate you from market volatility. You do not understand the product you are buying. Uh, you do not understand it. So buyer beware. You're paying huge commissions. You're get, locking your money up. They're, they're bombs that when you die, you don't get a step up in basis. Your fees are ridiculously high. You're stuck in the product. Uh, they're good for the insurance company and the guy that, or man or woman that sells it to you, not for you. So don't take the bait. Advisors, do the work. Educate your clients. Stop being lazy. All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or go to our website, or northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to tackle one last segment of email, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. <laughs> 